Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we've seen every team now at the World Cup, and maybe we saved the best until last. Brilliant Brazil and a host of interesting games, including Portugal winning, Switzerland edging it, and Uruguay and South Korea drawing another blank. We ask Premier League legend Michael Bridges and former Denmark international Thomas Sorensen, where have the goals gone? And all the burning questions on today's show. I'm your host, Teo Pelizzeri. Let's get into the Optus Sport Football Podcast. This is The Gegenpot. What a day of football we had. What a morning of football, if you were getting up for it. Some of the biggest highlights of the tournament, but also some burning talking points that continue to intrigue our panel. And today, that panel are a couple of former Premier League legends, Denmark World Cup player Thomas Sorensen, and of course, Optus favourite Michael Bridges. Uh, Tommy, great to have you back on the Gegen Pod. Uh, what a morning we had. Oh, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, to be fair, mixed bag. There was a a bit of a you know a, a slow burner with the Uruguay uh, South Korea game, but then it finished off with uh, you know one of my favorites, I think most people's favorites, Brazil. Uh, how in if, you know how fantastic was it to to see their pace and you know just the the uh, the quality of players on the park and uh, you know so I think this uh, match day had uh, at least this day had uh, so much uh, you know excitement with the Portugal. You know, and uh, the finish with the goalkeeper dropping the ball and nearly screwing everything up for them. Uh, so I think this, uh, you know, these games had everything, really. So let's get into a summary now that we've seen every team once. Uh, we'll start with Mark Schwarzer, actually, over in Qatar. Which team has been the biggest surprise so far, Schwartzy? Yeah, now that we've seen every team perform uh, so far at this World Cup, uh, the standout performance has to be, for me, Saudi Arabia's um, as they beat Argentina, one of the big favourites going into this World Cup. And other than the first half an hour, Argentina obviously could have won away, run away with the game and could have, they dominated, but they didn't, didn't take their chances in the end. And Saudi Arabia got stronger, they grew in the game and they took their chances incredibly well. Abdul Sari's uh, winning goal for Saudi Arabia was sublime uh, against any opponent, let alone being against Argentina. And I think it's got to go down as one of the greatest shocks, biggest shocks in World Cup World Cup history. Well, of course he was going to pick the Saudis. Uh, Michael Bridges, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Well, I was absolutely delighted that Germany got beat, um, not only because of the, the history that they have over England and penalty shootouts and making me cry as a kid, but also because we heard Swartzy there. He'll be making excuses all day long. And it was absolutely delighted. Uh, the, the the one for me, I've I've got to say the the game today. It, it didn't surprise us, but it surprised us with Richarlison because he had before this game six goals in six matches, 
And after this game, he had eight goals in seven matches or nine and nine and seven, whatever it was. I was just saying beforehand, sitting with my wife, watching the game, get him off. He hasn't touched the ball at all. They need to make a change because I thought Vinicius Jr. were absolutely brilliant on one side. Neymar was dancing on the other side, pulling strings. Richarlison didn't touch the ball. 30 seconds later, what does he do? He's clinical. He gets the goal. And then five minutes later, scores the, the goal of the World Cup so far. So um, what the hell do I know? So that was the biggest surprise because normally I'm spot on, Teo. I got it wrong. Uh, Bridgie, uh, I think you should go on the Optusport app and look at the expert tips uh, and look at my top goal scorer for the tournament and you'll get an answer. <laughs> I Rick did Carlton. see that and I didn't want to mention it. <laughs> well done, you. Oh, hey, he's not there yet, but he's on a, off to a good start. Yeah, very good start. Well, Tommy, what about your biggest surprise so far? You know, I think, again, uh, like, Obviously, Swartzy touched on Saudi Arabia. I thought Tunisia was fantastic. Uh, you know, you can see those nations, you know, just feeding off the crowd. They've got, obviously, a huge support there. Um, and this is what's so great about the World Cup. You know, some teams disappointed. We obviously saw Qatar in the opening game. There were so much expectations and they fell flat. And then other teams like Japan as well, who who sort of come from behind and surprises everyone. And, and this is, you know, this is the fantastic thing about this. There's, you know, there's nothing is written beforehand and, and these teams just, you know, you know, who dares wins? And I think, uh, you know, they, you know, Saudi Arabia, especially they, you know, they uh, played with a gun to their head in the first half with a high line. But but again, they uh, rode their luck and, and, you know, deserved it. So uh, great to see. Do you know what I've enjoyed watching and in, in seeing the teams? There's been a lot more teams have come out and actually had a go when they know, instead of just sitting back and absorbing pressure, Costa Rica sat back and absorbed pressure. They got absolutely tonked. Iran sat uh, back against England. They got tonked. And it was, you know, it was today when I'm watching Serbia, it should have been a lot more. They didn't have a shot on target. They're just absorbing pressure. I've really been excited by the other teams that have gone. Do you know what it is? Canada have had a go. They had a real good go. Japan came back and had a go. Saudi Arabia threw caution to the wind and went for it. They pressed well. They counterattacked. They threw numbers forward. And that is what has impressed me so much. And I've been I've been surprised actually at some of the tactics from this from the games. Well, let's uh, now turn from the surprises to the contending teams. And you all had some pre-tournament picks that you put in. We'll start with Mark Schwarzer. Schwarzy, are you sticking with Germany? Yeah, it probably wasn't the wisest choices of mine to, to go with Germany. However, you know what? We're going to stick with them. Yes, they were shocked. They were pretty poor the way they fell away, I have to say. Um, there was a pivotal moment in the game when... Uh, Gundogan missed a chance. You'd expect him to score uh, edge of the box, hits the, out, hits the outside of the, the post and goes out for a goal kick. Um, and that would have made it 2-0 with probably about 15 minutes to play. And I think Germany would have won away, run away with the game comfortably. Except the, this Japan side showed their determination, their grit. They showed it in the qualifying where they had a really bad start to the fo- uh, final qualifying stages, but they managed to dig deep, claw their way back into the group to finish second behind Saudi Arabia. And uh, their performance on the day, the heart, the determination they showed, I thought was outstanding. And uh, for me, Germany have a lot to do, a lot, lot to do. They've got Spain up next, which is going to be absolutely crucial for them. They lose that game, they're out of the World Cup. Um, so, so much riding on it. Um, I'm still going to say... I'm probably thinking more in my heart than anything else that Germany still have a chance. But realistically, look, England, um, Brazil, 
Uh, have certainly been been fantastic performance. Had you know, really good performances so far at this World Cup. Um, I mentioned earlier on uh, in the podcast uh, that uh, I also think Saudi Arabia's performance has got to be one of the sh- biggest shocks of the tournament so far. And let's not forget Spain absolutely tearing. Let's admit a very poor Costa Rica side apart, but you still got to do it. You still got to be good on your game, and Spain certainly were absolutely on fire and deserve to win that game. So. A lot to play for still, um, but obviously my tip looks very much like a complete rank outsider at this stage. But let's let's wait and see. Of course, he was going to keep the faith, at least to some degree. He hasn't been totally, <laughs> totally rattled. He's gone yet. down with the ship, there. He's gone well, down with the ship. <laughs> I think I think the two of you would be feeling very comfortably satisfied with your picks of Brazil so far. But my question is: of the thirty-two teams we've seen so far. Have Brazil put together the most impressive showing? And I say that because, yes, Spain scored seven and looked unbeatable, but it was against Costa Rica. Spain have done this to a... uh, Brazil have done this to a Serbia team that beat Portugal to top their qualifying group and came into this tournament in great form. Bridgie, is it as simple as Brazil have been the best team we've seen so far? Uh, yes, definitely. I'm, I mean, listen, England had a great result. I was delighted, but you know, the, I, I think it was expected they would win that game. But they, you know, they they did it in a, a lovely professional fashion. I also saw them in comparison with Brazil when they made the changes up front and we had the luxury of bringing on Rashford who scored, Grealish who scored, Foden and Callum Wilson. You saw the whole front four line was changed. That was great for England. But watching Brazil and how comfortable they were at the back, they didn't get threatened at all. They controlled the whole game. The dynamics in the interchange of play, they just started. Once they got in their groove, it was just a pleasure to watch. And I've got to say, I picked them for a reason that they, on paper, they look fantastic when they can get it together. They've, they've got that rotation system. And you saw that. The, the players are brought on, you know what I mean? Martinelli came on. You're taking off Vinicius Jr. and, um, and Jesus is coming on up front. It's just absolutely magnificent. And it, they're, they're a joy to watch. That is, that's what World Cups are for. I remember being a kid watching Brazil with the tricks and the flicks. And we got that. And Neymar, as much as I hate seeing them roll around, they're just a joy, joy to watch. And I think the... the, the... Surprise! The thing that I was looking out for was, you know, we all know about the individual quality, but you know, what would they do as a team? And I, and I was really impressed with the energy, the discipline, the desire to to close down, to to chase back, to tackle, to win the ball. Um, so so I thought it was a complete performance, uh, you know, defensively and attacking. And and they would just wore Serbia down. You know, Serbia were disciplined, tried to hold on. They did it for so long, but eventually. You know, uh, you know the dam burst, and uh, it could have been a lot more after that. I mean, I love the pictures, the close-ups of the Serbian defenders that had been, you know, sweating their life away, and a back five making last-ditch tackles and looking so, so solid. And then when they went one nil down, they've gone to a back four, and you see the interchanges coming, and they actually looked at each other and much yeah. say, "What the, what the hell do we do now with these these players that are coming on?" It was frightening. Some of the numbers make. Pretty amazing reading for Brazil. 59% possession, 2.34 XG to 0.2, 22 shots to 5, and for good measure, 500 passes at 87% completion. So does Serbia come out of this thinking, wow, we're, we're not so good, or is this just a Brazil team that's operating on a different plane to what we've seen from the other contenders so far? You know, I, th- I think Serbia will come out of this game, you know, 
probably expecting a tough time, and and they had a tough time. Uh, but they, they'll be looking to 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 the coming games, obviously against uh, Switzerland and, and Cameroon, and and you know be be fairly confident they could get a result in that. I think they've got a really uh, good good team. I think Tadic. I think you know. I think he's 35, 34 years old. Uh, but look uh, as young as ever, and Mitrovic, obviously, uh, Minkley Savage, you know, they, they are solid and they have the quality up front. So, you know, again, uh, it, you don't you want to get a result in your first game, but I think they, they probably expected this and will be looking, yeah. you know, to, to play Cameroon and get something from that. I think we'll see a different approach in the next couple of games. They, they showed Brazil so much respect. They were just wanting to get a result and a draw out of that game. I don't think they had any intent of trying to win it. And it was a case of, can we sneak a goal? We'll try and defend for our lives. The next few matches, they've got to go out with a, a bit more of a pr- uh, pragmatic approach. And I think you saw that with Mitrovic coming off, protecting him towards the end. He wasn't getting any joy. What's the point in running his legs in? Let's get back to doing Because like you've seen, you know, they've had some fantastic results. I think they've got a, a great set of players um i wouldn't they were talking about the golden generation we've heard that so many times but i think that you know that with them that was i really fancy them to to get something from the switzerland and cameroon game i think they'll bounce back like tonight's performance i think richarlison's finishing uh two goals second one was a sublime bit of play got a little bit fortunate the way pop ball popped up but doesn't matter i mean acrobatic absolutely class and uh wonderful finishes and Bridgie, do you think Brazil will rotate uh, for their other group games? Because Bruno Guimaraes, unused sub. Fabinho, unused sub. Edda Militao, unused sub. Anthony gets a 10-minute cameo. Gabriel Martinelli gets a three-minute little sub off the bench. Even Fred only got 15 minutes. I mean, the depth in this Brazil squad is crazy. Are they already in a position where they can manage their team to make sure that uh, all their key players don't get overloaded in this very brisk group stage? I think they'll be waiting for the next result. I think they will have the luxury if they get the next result, six points, yeah, you know, you're almost guaranteed to get through, and then the rotation will come in. But we saw, I mean, Danilo looked like he was, he, I don't, don't know whether he pulled his calf or the, the, you know, the cramp had, had kicked in, but he couldn't move towards the end. They'd already made five subs, so I'd imagine he'll be rested and hopefully still available for the rest of the tournament. But that, like you say, the luxury, knowing the players that they have at their disposal, it is absolutely scary because everybody that came on, Martinelli is having an unbelievable season with Arsenal. Jesus is having a great season with Arsenal. If, they're just all at the peak of their games at this moment in time and I just think the World Cup coming when they're all playing such good football has come at the perfect time for them so it's scary to think what they can do but there was a twist and Neymar has an ankle injury It's it wouldn't be uh, Brazil without Neymar being the centre of attention and a bit of drama some pretty astounding photos of the swelling however uh, Tite the manager says don't worry Neymar will play so that's uh, his press conference thoughts Tommy, uh, is it possible that the prima donna Neymar could be the one thing that could be the fly in the ointment for Brazil here? Because, I mean, do you even want him hanging around if he's injured and can't play in a strop because he's not part of the fun? Uh, you know, of course you want him hanging around. But, you know, like we've seen with Kane, uh, you know, you, know you, you, get, you, do get, you do get knocks and bruises. Uh, these players are tough. And I, I was actually impressed with Neymar. He, you know, that negative impression he left after the last World Cup with him rolling around and complaining. I thought he, he came in with a different attitude. He looks like a more mature player. Um, so I think no matter what happens, if he has to sit out the next game, I, I, you know, he, 
he, he's there to win this World Cup for Brazil. Uh, that's at least my impression from, from looking from afar. Um, so, no, but I, I think, like Tite said, I think he, uh, he'll get a bit of ice and a bit of care of attention uh, and then he, he'll be okay and ready to go for the next one. Well, I just feel sorry for the physios of this team and the Brazilian team because they were <laughs> up and down like yo-yos because as soon as the players got touched or they got breathed on, they were going down. The gamesmanship of the Brazilians as well, um, you've got to credit it. They, they played, the referee played right into their hands when they were being so theatrical and it was really frustrating the Serbians you could see that there was, there was a lot of antics basically saying get up but you know it is what it is and like you say I, I think he has matured Tommy and he, he looks like a man that um, wants to go out with, a, with, with the World Cup in his hands uh, Very quickly instant reaction if we see a better goal than Richarlison's uh, scissor kick bicycle kick call it what you like in this tournament who's going to score it? Bridgie give us a name <laughs> It would have to be Roberto Carlos back in the day when if, if somebody can produce that kind of goods again. Well, the big... well, he was in the stands. He's in the stands. He, was, he can't he, play. He's not playing. Well, he can't score. I know he's on, not, mate, but what I'm suggesting is a goal as good as that, like from that far out with that much bend on it, it's going to take something special. Who could do it? Let's have a think about this. I'm going to say, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to, it's going to have to come from a, a Brazilian player, and I would say it could be Vinicius Jr., when he basically dribbles around six or seven players, cuts inside and puts one in the top corner. There you go. I'm not going to go with me three Lions. Okay, I, I'm, got, I'm just going to throw a surprise. No, just somebody that we would never guess. Now, we, we've seen it in the past. You know, the, we, like Van Bronco scored that fantastic goal for the Dutch down in South Africa. So there's got to be someone from a, a lesser-known team. I could see a Saudi Arabia player. Uh, I think like was that in in the '94 World Cup where he ran like through the full length of the pitch. Yes, you know. So I think it's going to be an unknown player, somebody that we we don't. I can't obviously uh, pick the name, but uh, I think there's going to be a surprise for goal of the goal of the tournament. So it's not going to be this one. Oh, it might have been a player we saw today. I reckon Fede Valverde has scored some amazing goals in La Liga this season, and he got so close today. So. But uh, before we jump into the other games of the day, let's uh, flip it back over to Qatar and get a bit of a Socceroos update from Mark Schwartzer. We'll have a more comprehensive preview of the match against Tunisia on tomorrow's pod. But Schwartzy, bring us up to speed with the latest from Socceroos camp. I think around the Socceroos, the general feeling is that um, if Aiden Rustic is fit, and fit enough, I mean, and we know he's fit, but is he fit enough to start a game to get at least probably 65, 70, 70 minutes out of him, um, that he'll start. Uh, I think it's 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 not not that it's last chance saloon, but it almost is. It can be if Australia don't get a result against uh, Tunisia um, in a couple of days' time. And uh, for me, he's our best player and he needs to start, needs to play. And there's also a general feeling around the press, um, the media there every day, that uh, that if he's fit, he'll start. Um, I think that's going to be the, the biggest decision Graham Arnold needs to make. Uh, leading into the next match. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Thanks to Mark Schwarzer there. You're listening to the Gegen Pod, the Optus Sport football podcast. We've got Thomas Sorensen and Michael Bridges with us in the pod today. Before we jump into the other games of the morning, I just wanted to throw some numbers and a bit of a burning question at you because we're all up, staying up overnight, bleary-eyed, and unfortunately, eight of the 16 games so far have been nil-nil at half time, and we've had four nil-all draws. You compare that to the last World Cup where we only had one nil-all draw. Uh, Thomas, what is the reason that uh, the overall games, because we had Spain score seven, we had England score six, the overall number of goals is kind of on average. But why have we had so many games that have been stalemates and have ultimately ended nil-nil? Uh, I think we need to see, uh, you know, a bit more data on, on it uh, going forward. But, you know, there, there, it has been a different World Cup with the preparation. I think, uh, you know, Bridget talked about some of the teams that were coming in, throwing caution to the wind, attacking. But we, I think we've also seen teams that have been a lot more cautious. I thought, you know, we saw the game this morning with uh, Uruguay and South Korea. I think Morocco as well, um, you know, were very cautious um, the other day. Uh, the Denmark game, uh, Tunisia, I thought Denmark was a little bit cautious as well. Nobody wants to lose the first game. Um, you know, so... <laughs> You know, uh, it, it's it's difficult to 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 answer really, but I think that the short preparation time it's easier to come into the tournament and focus and sh- on a short turnaround on the date on the on on getting the defensive right and getting that sorted than than actually getting a a huge attacking plan in place. So so that might be part of the reason, but I'm sure you know I, it's been some of them have been entertaining games. I thought the Denmark Tunisia nil nil was. A tremendous game, end-to-end stuff, uh, just didn't get the goal. Well, that Uruguay-South Korea game today, I thought that was entertaining as well. That was that was um, kind of free-flowing football at certain points of the game, end-to-end stuff. There was missed opportunities at both ends. And I, I agree with Tommy, it, it's all to do with that first game. You've, you've got to try not to lose it, whether that's coming out with a draw. And like you say, you're going to get the odd, odd results that have that throw a spanner in the works. But the next couple of games are the ones a few teams are going to have to go for it. They're going to have to throw caution to win. And when you leave yourself exposed and you don't take your chances, that's when you cop goals. So it's um, I'm really looking forward to the next round of matches, actually. Uh, this, is, this is when the tournament, the World Cup, just starts to get its groove on. To, to put that number in context, eight games, nil all at halftime. In the 2006 World Cup, the first 16 games, only two games were nil all at halftime. So you were always a good thing for an early goal back in the 2006 World Cup. Do you, do you think we're going to see uh, massive character changes, though, Bridgie? You flag there that teams now, they've got backs to the wall, they have to go for it, they have to take risks. Do you think we can take it as read that uh, this defence-first approach from a lot of teams is now going to be a thing of the past? Or do you think some teams, depending on the state of the group, they might say, hey, two draws from the first two games, we win our last game, five points gets us through? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. If you if you if you've got a result out of it and you've believed in it and you've come out with something and you've got the belief, the buy-in from the players, you know you back your coach to go and do that again. But when I'm looking at Costa Rica, that you know they're an agent team, they can't really go and press, and they got absolutely played off the park. So if you're going to park the bus with that kind of experience and you get cop seven seven um, seven goals. Where do you get the belief from to go again? Like you've you've already done that and you've gone for the defensive. They're the teams that are really going to struggle. 
um, to go again. But like you say, with the, the teams, South Korea, I thought they're going to get chances to score. Uruguay are going to definitely get opportunities to score. And, um, you know, the, the teams from Africa, Cameroon, they just didn't take their chances. I think um, Ghana were the first uh, African team to actually get on the score sheet. And it was the man that they all rave about, uh, EU, who's the most capped man. I think Ghana, they, you know, they, they showed respect to Portugal, but then... The, towards when they went one behind, they actually got themselves back in the game because they changed their tactics. They brought a few new players, and um, unfortunately, it was their their doing. But they nearly got a result from it when they changed to a more pragmatic approach. So, I think when you've got the players that have got the legs and the energy levels to do that, you can. But Costa Rica, they're, they're done and dusted because they haven't got the legs to change it. They're going to have to go defensive. Uh, and Tommy, just quickly, of the teams to have to have drawn a blank in the the first round of games in a nil all, you know, Mexico, Poland, Croatia, maybe Uruguay. Who should be most disappointed that they didn't take the game on just a little bit more? Uh, I think uh, you know Poland. Obviously, uh, missing that penalty is, is is huge. I think you know they're one. They're you know they're one of the teams that you know a little bit defensive. I feel at times. You know they've got a solid. Uh, Solid players and then rely heavily on on Lewandowski and and that result would probably hurt them the most. I'm I'm pretty confident that Croatia is is, is you know that they'll have enough to 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 go through. Um, you know, and how so, are you going to get Denmark out of trouble? Yeah, no, I think you know it's going to be a you know, it's going to be tough against France. Uh, Denmark have done well in the Nations League against them. Um, so it's going to be another tight game. I, I, I would settle for a draw right here. Bridget, I would shake your hand and take it and run away and, and, and then put everything on that uh, uh, Socceroos game. Uh, but we know it's not going to be that easy. Um, it, it's going to be tough. And uh, yeah, it was a disappointment. Everyone is disappointed that we didn't uh, win against Tunisia. But I think Tunisia surprised a lot of people. Um, they, they were better than I thought, definitely. Do you think the temperature, I know they've been saying at the stadiums and all that, that they've got the air conditioning. Do you think the temperature's played a bit of a... A, a bit of a thing towards it or am I just going yeah, off on a tangent no, I, there that doesn't exist I definitely think so and also with with the shorts you know the teams um, I was there I was in Abu Dhabi last uh, last week and it was 35 degrees and it was really hot um, and some of these teams have traveled and only spent like four five six days there uh, where normally you would spend three weeks uh, to to acclimatize so so and then you know Tunisia you know, they had uh, 80% of the crowd. So they, they were playing a home game and it will be the same against the Socceroos. So you have to account for that as well. You know, you could see that energy that they got from the crowd, uh, you know, would probably be something that they wouldn't have had if the World Cup was in South America or in Russia or something. Let's move on to the other games today. Very quickly on Uruguay, South Korea. Is there anything we haven't touched on that jumped out at you about this game? The f- bless my daughter she was like I thought Son wasn't involved and, and I was like yeah well he's got the face mask on he's looking good they, they had you know they had their chances um, I was really disappointed in Uruguay actually um, but I, th- I thought South you know South Korea were very very impressive that did have a have a little laugh by the way because I've listened to the Italian commentary online and he basically says the goalkeeper is Kim the right back is Kim the centre half so Kim Kim and the left back is Kim and I thought when he was, you know, he obviously didn't realise that they had longer names um, that you could actually pronounce. So that was one thing that tickled us online. But, um, the, the, you know, as, as a fact of the, the, the team, I was very, very impressed with Korea, the way they defended and the work rate. I can't wait until we get, you know what I'm like with my stats, Tommy, with the, the distance covered. 
they're going to be the stats that come out at the end of this to show you all the all the games and what the distance were covered in the teams. And I'm going to say South Korea are going to be up there at the top because they absolutely worked their socks off. So watch out for them. But um, it, it, the game wasn't as entertaining as I thought it would be. But good to see Cavani get on. You know, again, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I hope to see more from Uruguay. You're looking at Valverde. I think he's been one of the, the players of, of the European season. I think he's been tremendous for Real Madrid uh, in all aspects. Um, you know, Bentacoa, I think, has done well at Tottenham. So, you know, yeah, sometimes you just feel that, can they just throw caution to the wind a little bit and get some more service to Suarez uh, and Cavani, whoever's playing up front? Um, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see these second round of games where, where teams and, and a team like Uruguay obviously have to uh, get some goals. So, um, so yeah, no, nothing surprised me. And, and South Korea were what, what we expected, really hardworking and, and well-disciplined. In the earlier game, uh, you both mentioned that Cameroon didn't take their chances and they paid a price, a 1-0 loss to Switzerland. Goal early in the second half for Brill and Bolo, scoring against the country of his birth, and he didn't celebrate as a result. Tommy, was Andre Anand a man of the match? Because some of his saves for Cameroon were pretty fantastic, and we have seen some good goalkeeping displays in this tournament. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought he, he was uh, tremendous. Um, you know, he, he definitely kept them in the game. Um, you know that save from the cut back uh, was 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 really good. And what what I look for, you know, with with goalkeepers is is their balance. You know, he he was never, you know, off balance. He he was always in control and and uh, was waiting for for the shot. And that that's a that's a keeper with confidence. Uh, you know, and you just gotta, you know, you just gotta be disappointed from the Cameroon point of view that they didn't, you know get something out of that first half because I don't think uh, Switzerland had a shot um, and then they came to life early in the second half. Uh, so, you know, that was a bit the story for, for them. Uh, Chipo Moteng, obviously, uh, long of, a lot of long balls for, for him to deal with and, and causing a lot of trouble. But, yeah, just not getting that goal that, that could give them that lift. And let's move on to Portugal's 3-2 win against Ghana. These are the sort of games we want to see rather than the nil-all draws. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo became the first player to score in five men's World Cups. Bridgie, uh, not bad for his stocks. He's always uh, keen to be the centre of attention. Ronaldo, after the last few days, getting his uh, mutual termination from Manchester United. Any thoughts on where he might be headed next? Because everyone, except maybe Newcastle and Eddie Howe, uh, still wants a piece of him. Yeah, well, just that I said it in the on the Gagan pod a few weeks back um, before we were starting our World Cup. I said, watch this space for the MLS um, because they're out of season. The league's finished. They're all looking for marquee players. The perfect time and coming out the back of a World Cup. And you know, I, I remember Ronaldo got offered them huge deal in Saudi Arabia. I, I couldn't see him moving there with his family. Um, I think America, like what David Beckham did when you're going to LA, the glitz and glamour of New York or something like that, or Miami, that suits Ronaldo and his family down to the ground. He's in the limelight, he's getting the big dollars, he can play. So I, I think I'm going to say the MLS, because I don't think many Champions League teams would, would take him, but not can't knock what he did. You know, five World Cup scoring goals, that's just mind-blowing. And yet again, after all the crap that he's had going on, he gets back to performing on the field. He won the penalty. He stepped up. He had three long, deep breaths. He was feeling the pressure. He calmed himself down and he slotted it away. And that was that was a great moment. That That's a moment that I'll remember in the World Cup. Ronaldo scored at five World Cups. Incredible. Tommy, I won't ask the striker, but that was never a penalty in a million years, was it? 
Uh, I thought it was. Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, you see. Yes, that's very hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think there was a touch. Um, you know, he burst through and I think there was just about enough. And this is where the game is, um, you know, uh, you, you know. So, uh, yes, I don't think we can get around. It was a penalty. And uh, big or small, it was there. And uh, he finished it. And fair play to him. A great record. Uh, I think it's only Martha on the women's side has ever done it. Uh, so, um, you know, what a... And it deserves. You know, he's, he's, he's been a tremendous player for many years. Teo Ronaldo got a touch on the ball before the defender did. The defender touched his ankle. He went down. Yeah. The referee is not going to... He's not, not going to give it. And I, I thought it was quite quite funny how they didn't even go to VR. He was just like, it's Ronaldo. Let's get on with it. And Ghana gave a pretty good account of themselves. They nearly got back in the game. And Yaki Williams uh, only recently accepted the call to play for the country of his heritage. And he, he nearly stole the ball off Merilej de Costa right at the end of the game. But, uh, Bridgie, it was pretty cheeky. And, and Ghana, are they are they necessarily out of the frame here to get out of this group? Because I guess what they really want is revenge on Uruguay. I'm not sure they would even care if they get out of the group as long as they can beat them in that final game. I think that's the one that, that matters. What, what I saw from them today, they showed good resolve. They, and the only thing that was upsetting today to witness, when they got themselves back into the game at 1-1, there was there was a big moment in the game came and they decided to substitute and take off the guy that scored the goal, AU. And basically he went over at the sideline and the, the manager Ado and him had a bit of a, a heated debate, let's say. And as he was just having an argument with the manager, he'd gone to the bench and he was wasn't even facing the game and the goal was scored and the, obviously the cop two quick goals in a matter of two minutes thirty seconds. So that that didn't go down well. The double substitution. There was arguments on the sideline, and obviously it didn't pay the you know the squad. You've got to respect the manager's decision, but when the players are seeing, you know, the captain and the manager having an argument, and then you concede two goals. But thankfully, they got them. The players that run the park, they had, they had a go, and like you say, they almost got another result out of it. So I think the resolve that they've shown in that game was absolutely fantastic because, you know, there were 3-1 down. They almost got got themselves back. But the stuff that went on off the field at the sideline, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. And will he play um, AU in the next game, who's his captain and the most capped man in his country? Because it was, it was it, you know, you can't undermine your coach like that. So it's going to be interesting. But yes, they can do a job on Uruguay. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into quick picks for the games coming up. Uh, if you are listening on Friday, it's a 9 p.m. kickoff for Wales against Iran. Uh, Bridgie and Thomas, in a word, who you got? Wales. I am hoping for Wales. Midnight, Qatar, Senegal. Do the hosts bounce back? Does Senegal get their first goal of the tournament? Senegal get their first goal, they get their second goal, they get their third goal, and they might even get a fourth goal. Because what I saw from Qatar was absolutely terrible. So there you go. They've yeah, they look they look so outclassed out of their depth and um I think Senegal will will take them to the cleaners. Yeah, no, I I'm you know, again, I'm I'm waiting for a reaction from Qatar. I thought the moment was too big in the first game. Uh, will they change the keeper? I thought Saeed was, uh, you know, he was a very uh, weak uh, point for, for them in the first game. Uh, would Basham come in? Um, yeah, so I'm looking for a reaction, but I agree with Bridgie. I think Senegal showed a lot of character and, and with a bit of luck could have snatched something from the Dutch. And and they, uh, I think they're again going to be too strong for Qatar. Holland-Ecuador is the third game. Anyone taking Ecuador or a draw? This is going to be a classic. 
Ecuador have, haven't conceded. They haven't conceded in is it uh, 10, 10, 10 games. So yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tight one. Uh, but then again, uh, Netherlands uh, or Holland, uh, I think they have enough to, to again squeeze uh, another win out of it. I don't know. I'm sniffing another nil all draw. I'm going against <laughs> you. I'm I'm going against you here. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ecuador will get a one nil victory here. Ooh, well, that certainly Ooh, would okay. uh, make the group pretty delicate. And then the six a.m. Australian Eastern kickoff, the big one: football versus soccer. Bridgie, <laughs> are your boys going to keep the role going? Yes, they are. They definitely are. It's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting game, no doubt about it. Uh, America, USA are full of energy. They're, you know, they're, they're they're running Tyler Adams in there um, and Aronson. I watch them on a regular basis with Leeds United. They are, f- you know, they they're like um, what would I call them? Little Jack Russells, them little horrible dogs that just run around snapping and barking and biting people's ankles. That's exactly what these boys do. They they never stop. Um, if they can, it's going to be a very, very interesting midfield battle with with Tyler Adams and um, going up against Bellingham and Rice. Um, but I'm going to say that England will get the job done in this one. It's not going to be the result that we saw last time. I think it's going to be very, very tight. So I'm going with a one nil or a two one victory to England. And Tommy, the final say with your prediction. Yeah, no, again, uh, the, the worrying sign for for the US for me was, uh, you know, how different the two halves were. I know Wales changed the tactics a little bit, but I thought they. They ran out of legs late on. And I think this is where the England bench can come into play. Like we saw against Iran, the players they can, they can put on. I think it, that's going to be the, you know, the difference in this one. So, so I, I see some, some late goals for England. Uh, so I got them 3-0. Do you know what the big talk is over here? That everybody's hoping Harry Kane is fit because um, America handled, obviously, the first half. When they brought on the, the big unit, Kiefer Moore, they didn't know how to handle Kiefer Moore with the runners. So what Harry Kane is doing when he drops into that place position and you get the, the other runners from wide and midfield, that's where the USA look very, very vulnerable. So if they haven't learned their lesson from that and Harry Kane is not going to be rested for this one, that's why I can see it going in England's favour. If Harry doesn't play, it's going to be a different dynamics, I think. So there you have it, the predictions of Michael Bridges and Thomas Sorensen, and a big thanks to them. Don't forget the Gegen Pod is daily during the World Cup, so make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate us five stars while you're there. Don't forget the WSL continues live and exclusive on Optus Sport. Amy Duggan will be in the host chair tomorrow. I've been Teo Pelizzeri for this one. Thanks for listening to the Optus Sport Football Podcast. This was the Gegen Pod.